Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of The Gateway brought to you by the Northern Illinois University College of Business where your future is without boundaries and our approach is to. I am joined as always with my incredible co-host Dr. Biagio Palese. Hello Biagio! Ciao a tutti! Welcome, welcome to another great episode. For today's episode, Multiplying Moore's Law. The Gateway is proud to welcome Bilal Shihab. Bilal is a member of the Technology Development Group at Intel Corporation, where he has been working since January 2022 on competitive intelligence and advanced technology targeting. Prior to joining Intel, he spent seven years at IMEC in Belgium as a researcher, where he worked on advanced logic design. He has over 30 publications and 250 citations, as well as 10 patents in the field of advanced semiconductor. Bilal received his bachelor's and master's degree from the University of Pavia in Italy. Bilal, welcome to The Gateway. It's a pleasure to have you today. Hi, Ross. Uh, hi, Biagio. Uh, I'm glad to be here today, and I appreciate the opportunity to, to join you today. Oh, well, we are just as appreciative. And I, I always like to start these conversations at the beginning. And can, can you give us a, a little bit of a background on, on how you got to where you're at with, with Intel and, and, and you're just basically your, your journey to where you are today? <laughs> Um, okay, where I start. So um, I was born and grew up in, in a small city in, in southern Lebanon, uh, in the Middle East. Uh, so in, in, in 2008, I, I moved to Pavia, uh, which is a city located like 30 miles south Milan in northern Italy. It was there where I met uh, my good friend, Dr. Biagio. So, uh, so after earning my, my bachelor and master degrees in, in microelectronics from the University of Pavia, I moved to Belgium to join IMEC or um, stand for Inter-University Microelectronics Center, which is one of the top research institute in Europe. And it's active in the field of nanoelectronics and, and digital technologies. So, so I spent seven years in, in Belgium uh, conducting research on, on processes and designs for advanced technologies. Or, or what today we call like sub five nanometer nodes. We can go through that later in case. Um, and in January last year in 2022, um, I made the decision to join Intel here in Oregon where I currently reside. Um, probably everyone is, is familiar with Intel and, and, and what we do. Um, and let's say that whoever have a laptop or a, or, a, or a desktop, he will always find the Intel stickers on it. So it's, uh, it's, it's easy to notice. So, so also here, I, I kept focusing on uh, advanced semiconductors. So I'm part of the technology development group, which is responsible uh, for developing and delivering advanced technologies uh, for all Intel product mainly processors, I would say, like from CPU to GPU for different applications like desktop uh, or for servers or data centers. And, uh, and as you know, Intel does, does much more than that. And, and they are, they are like, we are like more than 110,000 employee uh, worldwide. So, <laughs> so here I'm, I'm part of uh, the advanced technology targeting and competitive analysis 
And what we do is that we try to help to study the competitiveness of Intel technology processes and how we can get back to the leadership in, in this specific domain. Well, that sounds absolutely incredible. And in and, and some of the, the areas that you've already outlined, um, people spend their entire lives and their their entire uh you know, legacy on developing and, and working in. So I know when, when I'm going to ask some of these questions, I, I know we're, we're only going to scratch the surface within this stuff, but um, he, here's a term that, that I found very interesting when, when I was looking into some of this stuff. And we, a lot of times we'll speak of technology um, and, and we all kind of know that this very broad umbrella, but you're using this, this term advanced technology. Can you can you give us a, a working definition of what that does and, and how it differentiates or, or what really separates it or how you identify something as now this is advanced technology? Yeah, um, yeah, it's an, it's an interesting question because, you know, today we know that technology is everywhere, right? So, right. so when we, we talk about technology, you know, people already can start to look whatever you know, if you look in the, into the TV or your washing machine or your, your car, it's full of, you know, it's, it's based on technologies, right? Right. So, right. But, but, but these kind of, of, uh, of application, I would say, they don't require advanced technology, which means that, you know, you need just the, this kind of application are, are, is, are enough to do the basics, uh, the basics of the technology. And, and, and what I mean by that is, um, this kind of, 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 of electronics, they, you can just use older technology and they can be sufficient to, uh, to, uh, to do their job. But when we talk about mm. advanced technology is, you know, when we want to make, and this is, for example, our processors, like processors for, for mobile or desktop, uh, when you want to, for like mainly for gamers. So the gamers need the best graphics and the best processors in a way to to play you know uh, to have a, a good game on the on the computer not only that for example when you go to more into the space application this kind of of, of technology that it's required it's all goes into the domain of advanced technology so i would say the main difference is really on what what, what what do you need this uh what type of application you need it for and how how critical is the, the, the performance and the power for these specific technologies. So that's why we can call it all advanced technology. It can be mainly in, in, uh, in the processors. And that's why Intel, you know, they, they, they have, um, they, they focus on the processors because it's, it's one of the main, I would say, application that require these technologies. Right. And Bilal, I'm, I'm so glad we're on the same page because when it comes to critical um, infrastructure, critical need for processing gamers are the most important people we can think of in this entire world. So I'm really glad you're, you're, you're doing your job and, and helping out all of the, the, the gamers out there, along with astronauts and people trying to, you know, get to Mars, but, <laughs> but it's really the gamers that's, that's important. Um, so, so within this stuff, I, I, I now want to kind of pivot a little bit back into to history a little bit. And just like history, it continues to repeat itself. It, it brings an impact to where we're at today. So um, a lot of times when we start talking about 
power and processors and, and all of this stuff. Um, the idea of Moore's law comes up very quickly. And, and being an employee of Intel, um, I think hearkening back to, to someone that was a large part of Intel's creation, <laughs> I think it's a requirement for your job description. But can you can you give me from just a lay person's perspective what, what Moore's law means and really kind of how is that even impacting us today? Yeah, so um, so so Moore's law in, in in a term like used to to refer to to to, uh, to the observation made by by Gordon Moore, like it's back in in what 1965, and that observation say that uh, the number of transistors in a microchip or or chip or what we call today like integrated circuit uh, will double every two years. And, the, and this is this doubling reflects like an exponential growth of the transistor density, right? So, so Moore's law in, in say isn't really a law or a theory, uh, then, then an observation made by, by Moore in, in, in 1965, as I said, while he was working in, in, in Fairchild Semiconductor. And, and as you're saying, this observation became the, the, the driving force behind uh, the semiconductor technology revolution at Intel and everywhere else uh, worldwide. So, so, so Moore's law, after, three years after he, 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 he made this observation, he, um, or he released this observation uh, himself together with Robert Noyce, I'm not sure if you are familiar with, they are. They have been colleagues uh, in in um, in, in Fairchair uh, Semiconductor, and they um, and they are the 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 the, uh, the co-founder of, of Intel, right? So um, so by himself, Robert Noyce, he was also the the colleague uh, of Moore, and he was the inventor of the integrated circuit back then. Mm. So 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 this is like what is Moore's law and 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 uh, and how he really. Um, made the revolution at, at Intel. And we know that Intel already from, from 1968 till, till today, they have been driving all this, they have been driving this, uh, this, revol this technology revolution. And we know lately, you know, things are not going so well for, for Intel, but, but still today, everybody in the industry are still referring to Moore's law when they want to talk about scaling and technology and and uh, and performance boosting or or like reduction of power and all that. So that's why Moore's law is is really one of the fundamental uh, I would say observation that has been made and that brought us today to, to what we have. So Bill, when we're talking about all of those different aspects within Moore's law. Do you do you think that there's a point where uh, we, as a humanity or species, are are going to max out that doubling of how many we can fit in? Is there going to be a point where it's like literally impossible, or we, or is that a horizon that just keeps extending out as we get closer to it? Yeah, so, um, so Moore's law indeed back then, uh, you know, it was easy to say, yeah, let's double the number of transistor within a, within a chip, right? I mean, right. if you had 10 transistor, then in two years you will have 20 and, and so on. But today we are talking about hundreds of billion of transistor within a chip. 
right? Wow. So, 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 so the idea that back then, the idea of Moore's law was to say that, look, in two years from now, we can, uh, we can, or we can double the number of transistor within the same chip, or we can keep the same number of transistor, but we can reduce the cost by, by, uh, by half. Right, and this is how you know. Sometimes we can see depend how we still are interpreting Moore's law today. So, so today I think I believe a lot of you heard about about yeah about like big uh, um, I would say a lot of big people like in this industry saying yeah Moore's law is dead and Moore's mm -hmm. law is is not there anymore and stuff right. So. Um, I will just give an example. Like today, the CEO of Intel said that Moore's law is alive and he will it will stay alive for at least 10 years. While if you heard uh, like the CEO of NVIDIA, he said Moore's law is dead already, right? So, and that's why I was saying that depend how you interpreted it. So Moore's law in say, say that we are doubling the number of transistor every two years, but he didn't say how we are gonna do it. Like back then, you could just scale the transistor and logically you can fit double, you can fit more transistor within the same area, right? While today, uh, I mean, this is still happening till today, but indeed at certain point, you know, the transistor cannot scale anymore because at certain point, the physics, I mean, we cannot really, we, we cannot scale anymore. We are today, we are talking about a transistor or a length or, or the, the length of the transistor of, couple of nanometer, like it's five nanometer or two nanometer. This is like, I mean, if you want to count, it's like a meter divided by 10 to the minus nine, right? Wow. So, so mm -hmm. we are talking about a, a very small dimension of a transistor. And today what we do to improve the performance or to increase the density of our, of our chip, we start to go into different layers. So while back then or till today we are talking about uh, scaling in 2D, today to keep uh, improving the density, we go to do uh, multiple layers and we start to, um, to put transistor on different layers and within the package, we can just package them in 3D. So overall, if you want to count the number of transistor within a chip, it's still increasing and following Moore's law. But uh, but if we want to count, if we can, if, if the question is, can we still put them in 2D? I would say, no, we cannot. So the scaling at certain point will die. And to keep, uh, um, to keep following Moore's law, we have to go in 3D or what we call today 3D IC or 3D integrated circuit. Ross. Of course, go ahead, Piaggio. Can I, can I jump into this? Well, uh, again, I wanna, I wanna thank Bilal for his time, uh, first of all. Um, I think I think one one important thing is uh, I mean at least for me I I have a business background and I studied in a business school and I remember Bilal studying engineering uh, and you know we were st studying stuff together and uh, all the time right and and I thought those stuff like you know they are not for me they are not affecting me that that's not something I should uh, focus on. Uh, but then when I switch to information system, which is uh, what we teach, right? Uh, part of our department, I, I realized that it is is naive, right? We need, we interact with technology and what Bilal is talking about transistor are a big component of what technology can do nowadays, right? So it's it's important like to have an 
least a basic understanding of you know the hardware and what is you know constituting what is the uh the the power of the technology that we're holding in our hands and one one big example that comes to my mind was uh looking at every year presentation of a new iphone right i I probably shouldn't talk about iPhone <laughs> with Bilal, but <laughs> I, I was looking at those numbers and every presentation they were saying, okay, the number of trans, trans, transistors is three per last year or four per last year and so on and so forth. And then I was thinking with myself, okay, I have a business background. What does that mean? Why should I buy more? Uh, what does that implicate? And, uh, and again, I was reflecting on how much the technology had evolved and how much we can do now with technology without really doing much by speaking with the technology. And, and I think, Bilal, you can correct me if I'm wrong. One of the main reasons why technology has become easier and easier to use is because we are delegating to those more and more transistors part of the jobs that before people had to do in order to use the technology. So uh, again, it, it might, those are difficult stuff, right? That, those are, uh, you know, some people are, are passionate about it, understanding what is inside those those technologies that we hold in our hands. But I think uh, the implication of it uh, is that we can do more with that technology. And you know, Moore's laws is is it's not happening, or like Bilal is saying, they are changing the way they are positioning those transistors, but they're still achieving more and more. It means that the potential is going to be more in the future. And uh, again, I, I think that's a big big important point uh, to make in this conversation. Otherwise we'll, we'll just say, oh, okay, that's, that's engineering. That's, that's not something that we should care about in a business school, but uh, I think it's not. I think it's part of the technology and, and part of what constitute the technology. Uh, and I don't know if this is really a question, but I, I don't know. I, I thought I had to bring up this, these thoughts with Bilal no, no. and see what he thinks about it. Absolutely, uh, absolutely, Biagio. I mean, you, you are right. I mean, and, and just to comment on that, I mean, again, I'm, I'm a fan of, of Apple. I'm a, an Apple user and uh, <laughs> I have nothing to, to, to be aware of just because I know, I mean, I, you know, I know what is inside every iPhone every year and I know what, what's really included in that technology. So it's not something to hide or to say who's better uh, Apple, yeah, you know, yeah. Apple technology, or I mean, uh, Apple processors or, or Intel processors. But uh, my the point here is that take, I mean, let's maybe keep it basic and take into take for example, you know, the the mobile. Like look to the mobile or the i or the uh, not only the iPhone. Just go before the iPhone ten years ago. What a, 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 a what you could do on in in uh, with a with a mobile phone, right? While back then you could just you know send text or send messages or, or play games very simple games snake or whatever snake, today, yes. <laughs> all right, right? Snake. there we go so, we're good so today if you look to a if you look to an iphone or any i mean again not to say about iPhone, to any uh, uh smartphone it become like a computer itself like so you could do everything gaming uh studying you could really do everything with that and what is really allowing to do that is because you could increase the number of transistor within that device. So we are really moving from maybe 100,000 of, of 10,000 of transistor within a chip that goes within the, in the, in the mobile into, I think, if you, if you just look to the latest iPhone, you have 16 billion transistor within that iPhone. 
right? So you imagine the amount of, of, of operation that you could do using the same space, right? And that's why we always say, okay, that's why everybody are still trying hard to keep Moore's law alive because you need that. Today, maybe what you could do with the iPhone, if you, if you go 10, 10 years from now, you still need to increase exponentially the density of the transistor if you need more operation and if you need to reduce the power and, and, and so on. Because today it's not only about how much things we, you can do, you want to do it, you know, even you don't want your battery to die after, after one hour, right? So you want even to save power, which means that by scaling this transistor, not only you are improving the performance of the device, you're even uh, reducing the power consumption of this device. So they go really always in parallel. You always talk about power and performance. You don't only say performance, right? And this is again, again, just specifying, this is for mobile application. When we go for different application, like, uh, like servers or, or, or data centers, these are always plugged into power. So the power is not so important as at the performance, but still we know today that electricity is expensive. So even for data center and servers, you still need a technology that can save you power and, uh, and still have enough performance to, to support all the workload that, 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 we are, that, that we need from them. Yeah, and, and yeah, I, and again, I think the, to piggyback on that, uh, the, you know, I always thought like, you know, binary and arc coding with the, with the terminal and all those kind of stuff will make people scary to use the technology. But the fact that there are more transistors, you can do more stuff and it, it's, it's delegating. You can conversate with your, you, you, with your phone. You can ask, I don't want to ask Siri because he's probably going to think I'm speaking to her right now. <laughs> <laughs> but, but, but that's make super easy also for people that they say, I don't, I, I really don't understand computer. I don't understand logic gates. I don't understand any of that. Uh, but but it make it possible for them to use it, and you know everybody is using one. It's, and I totally agree with you. Uh, iPhone is it's a it's a computer, uh, probably a Tesla is a computer, and and <laughs> and so on and so forth. Um, I wanted to make uh, you know a, another point uh, related to that, and and I think it kind of goes back to the advanced technology. Uh, I've seen a trend of. Um, is for example on mobiles of microprocessors that are specialized to one specific task, right? So mm -hmm. I think on on the iPhone now they are start putting chips. They are only delegated to AI. Uh, what is what is like just explain very basically to to our audience. What is the benefit of creating uh, microprocessors that have a specific task rather than you know have one big cheap that does try to do everything yeah um that's interesting because today indeed when in general you talk about uh processors you come it comes into your mind you know cpu or gpu like the core mm -hmm. process unit or the graphic process unit again going back to the gamers the gamers what they care about are really the the, the graphics right and this is why AMD or NVIDIA today, or let's say NVIDIA are one of the biggest, let's say, uh, a company, especially for, for GPUs, right? And, and, and that's why I'm saying today the processor 
mainly or and, and they could also create there are some apu which combine both cpu and gpu within the same chip and and you're right but today something new comes into the the market and this is the the mpu the npu which is the neural process unit and this is all our kind of chip that is only uh, should focus only on on machine learning and ai right and that now okay so today since it's something it's something new they are trying to make this as single chip that is focusing mainly on ai but we don't know in the future maybe it's more optimistic to combine all that together and and, and into into one process unit and deliver that right so i would say i i don't i'm not really an ai expert or or machine learning but we know today i mean everybody know that that these are already getting into the 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 chip into the iphone into all our smartphones and these are specialized into you know also to have some of the tasks you know that is requiring some machine learning and and today they are still separated from the cpu and gpu but in the future we could expect just to optimize the design we could expect that everything could go into 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 one but just to to say that that today in the in the iphone all that are are already in the same chip right but probably if you go to another kind of processors they are still separating them so below right, right now when i think of chips when i think of just pure power performance energy saving all of those different aspects uh, a lot of times it it comes to a a, a financial investment whether it's a business whether it's a person you know buying a new phone whatever it is there there's always a financial aspect to that stuff um do you do you see technology becoming especially when we're talking about advanced technology becoming something that uh is more segregated from the people that don't have affluence like like right now i would say technology is pretty much expanded across most of the world again some areas have significantly less I, I i know my biases and i understand my privilege uh and i know there are many areas that don't have as much but it's it, technology is still impacting that stuff we still have satellites that are changing our, our entire world wherever you're at as, as some of these advances increase the the cost can you see there being kind of a, a divide between groups of people those that have access or ability to access advanced technology and those that that don't and and kind of creating a a, a cavern between us from from a technology point of view or am i just thinking more of a dystopian future that doesn't exist <laughs> yeah no i mean that's a good point because you know, this is all related again to the second aspect of Moore's law that I start with, because it's not only about increasing the density or increasing the performance or or, or uh, of, of of the chip. What you can do, and this is the second aspect of Moore's law, is that you can say, let's use an old technology, but since we can now fit, you know, since now you could your transistor are smaller, which means that now your chip is smaller. And that means that your cost is lower, right? So the point here is that I do believe that everyone, I mean, yes, advanced technology would always be more expensive just because it's very difficult to, to, uh, to create them. And because today our equipment manufacturing is, is, very, is very expensive to, to create this advanced, uh, this advanced chip. 
But if you look in the past, if you take maybe five years old technology, while before it used to cost, I'm, I'm just giving an example, like a, mm -hmm. a phone 10 years ago to create it, maybe you needed $500 to, to it would cost you $500. Today, if you want to make the same phone, it would cost you $5, right? Mm -hmm. So the point is right. um, that, that I would say that everybody would have access to, to the technology independent from the cost, because then the cost is really, will be very, will, 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 will be reduced a lot. But obviously when you go to a very advanced technology, unfortunately, you know, uh, since again, you need better, better, better tools to create this chip, it will be always more and more expensive, right? Then, right. I mean, I think one of the, give the latest example, I don't know if, if, if you heard about it, that, you know, the next, they always say, yeah, next iPhone or next smartphone will cost you more just because it's more expensive to, to, to create this, this new node, right? And it will always be more and more. And that's why at certain point, yes, maybe a few, a few, a few customer, a few, uh, um, like, um, um, a few product would be accessible by, by, by certain people. And the reason is that because some people would say, I don't need this very advanced technology for what I for what I do. Maybe I can go for an older technology, I pay less, and then it will still work for what I do. Let's take the example, you don't need the same technology on, on, a, on a new graphic processor like GPU or in the car, or, in, or even in your washing machine. Your washing machine doesn't need a very advanced technology, right? The same for right. the car. I mean, maybe for some sensors, yes, you need, because you need a very reactive sensors in, especially in these new cars. But if you take old cars, you can still use very old technology that are, that are, uh, that cost you less and they are very accessible, I would say from cost point of view. Bilal, if I can jump in, if, if I'm not wrong, also the pricing depends on where you live, right? So an iPhone doesn't cost the same amount of money in the US and I don't know, in Italy and, it depends on how much people are making, right? Our, our company probably doing those type of things to make it more accessible. Otherwise, their sales in some of those countries will be extremely low. Uh, but I'm not I'm not 100% sure on that. But I do remember that they were doing price adjustment based on the uh, the area where they were selling. But I think on the other side of this, uh, Ras and, and Bilal, I think the an important point to make is where these microprocessors are produced, right? And uh, what does that mean uh, when, when, you know, when we have something that is produced in the US rather than in, in, in other countries like, like China? And what is the impact of the fact that majority of the production uh, tend to be moved over there? And what are the implications of that? And, and I think Bilal can speak a lot of this, and I, I think it's a super interesting topic. Uh, and we already seen what happened when there was shortage of microchip, everything, like even a simple car <laughs> price, they were like going up because there was la lack of those microprocessors. And uh, I don't know, Bill, do you want to talk more about it? Or what, yeah. what are potential implications of that? Yeah, yeah. Um... That's, that's indeed an, an interesting topic and, and you know, to, to, to understand how this, uh, you know, the globalization or say how the chip production is, is, uh, is distributed, I mean, you have, 
I, I think maybe the listener need to understand, you know, what is the what is the difference within the semiconductor industry? We have to be careful in really distinguishing the manufacturing, the manufacturing part and the design part, right? So within this manufacturing umbrella, you have like, for example, the equipment manufacturer that provide the necessary equipment for the foundries. I don't know to give an example like ASML, if you heard about it or LAM or Canon or applied material. So these are companies that provide this um, this equipment to the foundries. So another, and, and, and this is the other, uh, uh, fact within the manufacturing, you have the, the foundries or the one that produced the chip. And unfortunately today, the most of the manufacturing of the, or most of the, uh, let's say 90% or more than 95% of the advanced technology is produced by TSMC. And TSMC is stand for the Taiwan Semiconductor, right? And, and which is a, a, a Taiwanese company. So, um, so today I would say 90, really 95% of the advanced technology are produced in Asia. And the only two, two companies or the two foundries that can produce these advanced technologies are TSMC and Samsung, which one is, is South Korean and the other one is Taiwanese. And, and I say it like both of them, but we know that TSMC already have more than 90% of these 95%. So I'm just trying to say that today, everything, <laughs> like all the smartphone that we see from, from Apple or, or all the processors from AMD, NVIDIA are produced in Asia or are produced in, in Taiwan. And, uh, but then that's why I'm saying, this is are the manufacturing part of the semiconductor industry. Then you have the design part. And this design part, they are like companies that design the chip on behalf of the customer. And this is what I was mentioning, NVIDIA and AMD. And they are the, the, uh, the design company that they design for themselves. And in this case, you have Apple or Tesla, right? And then this is where, for example, then Intel come into account. So Intel, together with Samsung, they are the only two companies that they use their own foundries to produce their own product, right? So they can, they can, while TSMC doesn't have any product, they just behave as a foundry. Uh, Intel and Samsung, they behave, uh, they behave like foundry and as a, they can even produce some, some product uh, by themselves, right? So now going back to, going back to what, what, what you were saying, Yaju, is that indeed the fact that that 95% of the advanced technology is done in Asia, this is a very dangerous thing, especially it's done in Taiwan. And we know all today that the, 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 how the political situation in Taiwan and especially the, the, the tension between Taiwan and China, China still think that, that Taiwan is belongs to her, but they want the independence. So, so this is where everything is, is starting with that. We realize today that if any American, if, if something happened to if anything happened between Taiwan and China, all the production of the chip worldwide will be crashed. And this would be a very, and this will become a very big problem for the industry itself. So then, Bilal, my, my next 
question off of that because that was a, a really great way to start a, a new year um, perspective for me is just like, hey, if we don't have <laughs> great relationships with not exactly the, the most stable elements of, of this world, geopolitically at least, uh, we, we could be in a, in a very serious issue. And, and I think we all saw that at least during COVID when we couldn't get yeah. chips, we couldn't get things. I mean, our, our, everything fell off across the world. So uh, it's a very real outcome. What What do we... So here's where I have a, a really difficult problem is because I think about these things and I think about how I can try and make things better, right? That's just kind of where I come from and how do I do this? And and every two months, there's something on TikTok or on the on the internet or somewhere there where there's a petition to, to boycott this company because of bad labor practices, which in all rights, most of the time are 100% correct. And I would love to completely boycott that and, and support all of those initiatives and all of that stuff. Um, but at the end of the day, it's a multi-billion dollar industry. And um, I'm I'm sometimes not always sure that that my, it, it, it feels better for me to do it, but I don't think the impact is actually there. So um, all of that to lead up to, it, where do we, again, as, as humanity, start looking at the ethics of, of all of this stuff, whether it's uh, siphoning off the resources literally from the land, the minerals that are used to make these things, which again, we need. I understand these are essential uh, to the human cost, to the the just the traffic and, and shipping all this stuff. Is there a point where we have to start re-examining where we're going uh, and, and try and, and make it a little bit more sustainable? Or is this something that because it's such a part of our society, we really just kind of have to deal with the consequences and try to make it better as we go. Yeah, yeah. No, that's that's an interesting. Just to correct one thing, I mean, it has Please. been even, even published that by 2030, this industry will be will become a trillion dollar industry. Right? Mm-hmm. Well, not oh, I thought I thought you were gonna blah. I thought you were gonna be like, no, it's actually not that bad, and it's everything's great. And you're like, no, it's actually gonna be way more money than you can even imagine. <laughs> it, it, is. <laughs> it is. It is. a trillion. It, uh, yeah, a trillion. So, um, so I'm just just trying to understand. It's it's not really a couple of billions. We are really talking like in the right. next five to ten years. It's really a lot of. Of, of, of money and 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 indeed today we are really in the middle of, of that and 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 that's why I'm saying unfortunately today we have a big problem and it's not because I'm saying that because if you already already see what's happening on geopolitically or or why in the United States you know is is banning other companies to sell equipment uh, or to do or to do business with with China and and all that is is affecting us right and um, and then today obviously with what I, I believe everybody heard about you know this chip act or 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 trying to bring the uh, trying to bring the uh, the chip production back to the United States and this is something it's also related to the to the to the national security as well. Like today, we know that the national security should be based on very advanced technology. And if you want to produce this advanced technology, you have to go to, to, to Asia and or you have to go to Taiwan, which is, you know, you have a big risk that then China will jump on them and it will steal some of these national security things. And that's why it become a very, uh, it, it was a very, it will become very critical to bring some of, of the production into the United States. 
right? And this is what, what and, 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 and if you want now, I will say, I, before I was giving the name of TSMC and Samsung, because these are the main, uh, the the main two industry the main uh, the main two that have that that could produce advanced technology and on the I would say uh, just right behind them there's Intel and if 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 the if the government need to to uh, to rely on someone they have to rely on Intel technology and this is where Intel comes into account and this is what together with the CHIP Act, with all the money that, that the president is giving to the to not only Intel, but to all the, uh, the, uh, the chip manufacturer in the, in the United States, is trying to do that just in a way that we could build more uh, uh, fab in, in the United States in a way that, that whenever we need new technology for the national security, we don't have to bring them outside. We can do everything in, in, the, in the United States. Right, so um, so so that's why I'm saying that it's very important to have a geopolitical. I would say um, uh, we we have to solve that, and we have to have a geographical distribution of this fab, right? And not only in in, in the United States. So today, also Europe is becoming one of the most important uh, place where you need to 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 help uh, to, uh, to 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 build some of the fab in in Europe. Right. So by 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 trying to build multiple fab distributed around the globe, in that way you don't need, as you were saying, that every time you need a chip you have to go all the, all the way to the to Taiwan to bring it back, and then you have all the shipment and the delays and mm -hmm. and all that. Right. So 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 the 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 a big solution would be is really to have a a distribution is is to distribute your your. Um, your fab in a way that locally you could really, um, yeah, so you could produce chip locally in the United States and in, 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 uh, in, in, in Europe, the same as in Asia. So today, as I was saying that only 10% of the full chip production is done uh, outside Asia, but there, there's a plan that within 2030, the, uh, the, this, this 90 and 10% will become 50% in Asia, 20% uh, in Europe, and 30% in, uh, in, in US. And like that, they say, with this distribution, we would not face any more of this kind of, of chip shortage in the future. Wow. And now you got me thinking of uh, the day when Lamborghini or Ferrari starts fabricating uh, <laughs> um, computer chips. I think that would be absolutely incredible. Um, so I, I think... I think that's very hopeful, and, and I'm I'm happy to see that that there's at least ideas to to make this situation um, a little bit more uh, bearable. I guess I can say, and I know I know we we've talked about a lot, and I want to I want to shift towards the end of our conversation towards something a little bit more um, optimistic and and kind of future minded. So, Bilal, I know I'm going to ask this question, and I know you might not have an answer, but but really just dive into it, okay? Um, what is something you would like to see in in your wildest imagination, right? No, no money issues, no Moore's law is true, and it just keeps multiplying, we can do all of that stuff. What is something that in in your wildest imagination, you would like 
to see a computer chip be able to do, be able to be utilized, a place where, in in your imagine, what would you like to see done, um, kind of in that that year three thousand type type mindset? Well, uh, <laughs> I would. I would already, you know, I would say that even 20 years from now, we don't know what we would expect. So if you just really look 20 years back, you would understand the amount of of effort that we did or or where we arrived today in 20 years. So you imagine just, and again, all that, everything is really increasing exponentially. So whatever we did in 20 years, we will be able to do it in the next the same amount we'll be able to do it in five years. So you imagine how really, how much you can reach in in just 20 years from today. So, uh, so unfortunately, you know, the, the, the human, you know, the human mind, I mean, he can, you know, it's not something that you can really imagine, but it's something, you know, you know, I'm more into the world of, of, you know, processors and, and I don't know what else you could expect from the processors. Right. So already today, (laughs) I mean, the gamers, the gamers are very happy with the cars, you know, we can, we already have, you know, most of the things you could, maybe they could think about, you know, flying cars, even though these cars are already exist. So we do have the technology today. The right. only problem that we are not using them is that it took us like hundreds of years just to put a, you know, some rules to, to drive on the street. You imagine how many <laughs> years you need just to put rules to, to, to fly, right? So, so, so it's not really a matter of, of what the technology can give us. It's really what the society can accept of the technology, mm. right? Already today, you can hear that people are not very happy with virtual reality or, or with all this, you know, metaverse and all that. I mean, it's not something, It's from technological point of view, it's not something crazy that they create. It's just like for the human mind, he could, today he cannot accept all that because it's, mm. you know, everything goes virtual and it's just making a lot of crazy things, right? So going back to your question, I just want to stay, you know, in the more something that we can really make the difference and where also the human mind can accept easily mm. is really to use or to, optimize the technology in the healthcare, right? So today Uh, we know like, you know, the technology is in every, you know, every single device in the hospital and and everything. But unfortunately, there is not a lot of spending or there's not a lot of enough, I would say enough research in in finding, you know, in, in, because since it's not a very, from business point of view, it's not the it's not the best market to go there, right? Because you know everybody is focused on on, on cars, on on processors because they make a lot of money out of that, right? But mm-hmm. I would say mm-hmm. I I I hope to really see some shifting and some spending more into the healthcare in a way that we could really get the maximum of the technology into the into the you know the healthcare. Now I'm just thinking some some disease or some some problem that that the technology can can solve. Already today, you can find, you know, robot that can understand a lot of, of uh, you know, of uh, of different diseases that they can they can do it. We have a lot of robots that can do operations, but I do think with the technology that we have today and whatever we can reach in ten or twenty years, we can do much more than that, especially in this in, in, in the healthcare because there's no limit or the or the or the the people will always understand and will always 
be okay in 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 you know in getting the technology more into into that area. Bill, I think I think I I'm with you on this. I, I would be super cool if you have like something like a metal detector, like the one that we have uh, for security in the airport, where you just go through them and they scan you and they immediately find out if there is something wrong with you. So you, you can do those checkups very often and you know keep you safe rather than you know wait it until you feel bad and then it's already finding a cure. So you you can always uh, prevent rather than cure, right? So that would be something. Uh, pretty cool. I hope, I hope you your work will help us together <laughs> with the microchip. Not mine, but but I'm sure that there are a lot of people looking into that and and yeah and, yeah and yeah they can sure, do the best. Sure. In, uh, but I'm yeah. just to to state my point. I don't think we are doing enough, especially in that domain, just because it's not the main uh, I would say area that can bring more money. For unfortunately, for for you know, it's all about money today. So right, right. yeah. Well, Bilal, this for me has been incredibly enlightening. And as always, whenever I, I I talk about technology with with incredible people like yourselves, I find myself with with even more questions and and wondering more. But I think that's the nature of of life and living and knowledge and all of that stuff. So I, I truly want to extend my gratitude to you and for you sharing all of this wisdom and knowledge to us. Um, I, I know I know you are are navigating many things in your life. So I, I greatly appreciate your time and being with us today. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm very, again, I'm very happy. And again, you know, as, as you said, as you stated in the beginning, this is a topic that you can really talk for, for, for hours and hours. Like we just really touch based on the very generic topics. And, but again, in case in the future, we need to go in detail in some of these topics. I'm, I'm happy to be back and, and talk about that again. So for everyone listening, Bilal will be back tomorrow night and we'll talk even more <laughs> the next night in there. You heard it here. It's happening always. But for real, no, Bilal, we'll, we'll definitely have you back because I, I know, uh, at least within in this industry, um, in two days, something can change dramatically. So whenever we we don't understand what's happening and we need someone far more intelligent than myself, um, I'm, I'm going to tap you and, and we'll have you back. Okay. Thank you very much. And thank you to all of our listeners for tuning in to another episode of The Gateway brought to you by NIU's College of Business. Please make sure to subscribe to The Gateway. You can find us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever podcasts are found. And if you are so inclined, please feel free to give us those five-star ratings, which help allow us to continue to bring wonderful guests to the gateway. Thank you all for listening. And remember to love always the promise of tomorrow today.